Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning. This is Ursula Odom, your host for NABWIC Talks, and what a show we have for you today. Can't wait to get started. We're going to be talking about the billion-dollar stimulus disaster opportunities that we all are in the middle of right now, and we have someone here that can speak to the issue. And to introduce her, um, the chairperson of the committee for NABWIC Talks, is Jada Williams, and she's going to introduce herself first, and then I'll guess. Good morning, Jada. Good morning, Ursula. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jada Williams, your trusted advisor in healthcare insurance and financial services, businesses, and individual consulting since 2013. And it is my pleasure this morning to introduce Ms. Malia Cruz, to our audience. She is going to be our presenter for May's Billion Dollar Luncheon. It's Disaster Stimulus Opportunities. Um, and we look forward to having her on May 13th. So you can join us on May 13th virtually for our Billion Dollar Luncheon with Ms. Malia Cruz. Um, okay, so let's just get on in it. So Ms. Malia Cruz became the Assistant Director for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, servicing the Southwestern Division with an average obligation of $2.5 billion in August 2007. Ms. Cruz provides small business support, management, and advice to division commander and the four districts within the division. Additionally, Ms. Cruz provides assistance to the chief small business office, the senior contracting officials in Dallas, Texas, and the regional contracting chief for the division. From 2007 to 2014, in addition to servicing Southwestern Division, Ms. Krause also served in the same capacity to the South Pacific Division, who has an average obligation of $1.6 billion. From 2004 to 2007, Ms. Krause served as the deputy for small business programs for United States Army Corps of Engineers, fourth worst district with an average obligation of $1.1 billion annually. Ms. Krause managed the small business program, which encompassed three states, include additional activities outside the district boundary. Ms. Krause had the responsibility for assisting small business firms 
who wish to contract with the United States Army Corps of Engineers, as well as provide counseling, training, and direction to best suit each firm based upon their capabilities. Ms. Cross also assisted district staff regarding regulations, procedures, and acquisition strategy as it related to small business. From 1997 to 2004, Ms. Krause served as a contract specialist with the Navy Facilities Engineering Command Southwest District, resident office in charge of construction. Um, in 1996, Ms. Krause graduated from Point Loma Nazarene University with a Bachelor of Arts degree in Sociology with an emphasis on criminal justice. Ms. Krause is also the recipient of the 2011, 2013, 14, and 16 Division Small Business Specialist of the Year awarded for the United States Army Corps of Engineers. In addition, Ms. Krause was recipient of the 2012 same SAME Small Business Advocate of the Year for the Army. Ms. Krause was born in Anaheim, California, and resides in San Diego, California. Ms. Krause currently resides in Nevada, Texas, with her husband, Robert, and children, Elliot and Neger. What a beautiful mini-bio of Ms. Krause. Thank you. Thank you, Jada. And good morning, Ms. Krause. I am so excited about hearing um, your perspective on what's going on right now. So in a nutshell, sum it up for us. What what are you facing and what are we facing and what are the opportunities um, as you're so positioned to help us with? Well, let me say good morning, Ursula and Jada. Um, this is the first time I've uh, done this, and I, I think uh, it's going to be something new and exciting. Um, what we talk about as far as the opportunities, obviously we have various opportunities within our districts. Our districts do all the buying and our centers. Um, the one center that does construction um, is our Huntsville Center. The other centers are, are more of your R&D type of procurement. Um, the one thing I see with small businesses these days is uh, determining their capability. Um, I think uh, sometimes we have, um, while we have some issues, I'm just, I wonder how we internally are ensuring the capability of those small businesses. Um, other than that, um, Small business is, is a major goal within USAFE and uh, General Seminite, uh, who is retiring, I think, in May. He is a big proponent of small business, and uh, he's very interested in what we are doing for the community as, as well as how we're working with contracting as well as our program managers to get the maximum practical opportunity for small business. Great. Um, so what are some of the two top topics do you um, plan to share with the, with us at the luncheon that will give us a feel for uh, what what to expect and what to look forward to as well? Right. I, I think the, the industrial base at large um, 
doesn't quite understand um, how a declaration process occurs as it relates to your natural or man-made disasters, and how, in the end, does that uh, generate contracts? Um, and so that's what we'll be talking about, all the way from the beginning of a declaration all the way down to the contracts. So as your role or as a, an assistant director, what are some of the key things that you focus on? One of the goals, I, I, I look beyond the small business goal attainment. Um, yes, it's, it's a measurement on how our small business program is, but there's a lot more to the program. I look at, um, I look at the industrial base, the Small Business Act, right off in their first, you know, paragraph, it says it's about securing the industrial base. And so I look at things like that. Are we bringing in more firms? Are we doing, uh, are we increasing our set-asides? Things of, of that nature. Um, I also focus on reviewing, executing documents um, at my division level such as acquisition plans and strategy, again, I'm looking for maximum practical opportunities of small business, how it relates back to appropriate and reasonable market research. Now, you just mentioned set-asides. Um, how does that work into what we're, we're experiencing right now with, with uh, um, the virus and, and the disruption that we have with the nation at large? How does that play? Well, again, this is this is very new to the core. Um, <clears throat> typically, we handle your debris and power, so we actually have contracts for that already in place for that. This is completely new. <clears throat> Excuse me. And with this one, we had at the headquarters level, they had to, based on regulations, saying <clears throat> this is urgent and compelling and, you know, other various types of regulations to move out because typically these, you have one day to perform all the market research and award, if not that evening or the next day. And, and so right now um, they're looking to large business right now. However, some of the districts are looking at other small business set-asides that may fit to what they do, because right now we're looking for those firms that can hand, handle on the big that handles on the big scale the experience in medical, you know, the design of, of the HVAC systems, extensive um, experience with that, as well as emergency response. But typically, how we do it is we usually have those contracts in place, and we then look for small businesses to come in and assist with that. Okay, you can, you're touching on the next question that I uh, have, and that's mm -hmm. what types of projects have you been able to assist clients with? Um, give us some examples. <clears throat> um, if it's related to COVID, um, right now, um, I, the, the districts are taking care of that. Basically what we're saying is if, you know, we're always going to look for 
small businesses first to see if they can perform the work. Right now, the difference um, between what you consider under FAR 26 that identifies a local set-aside, okay? That means those capable of doing the work because, you know, they went through that disaster. In the case of COVID, uh, I think eventually President Trump identified the whole United States as a local set-aside because it's affecting all states. Um, That's a little different. Um, What I can... What I do is more of a strategic angle um, because, again, division offices don't do the procuring. Um, But I get a lot of firms that come in and want to talk strategics, and that's where I really assist. Um, I I can say there was one example uh, where it was at the district where, you know, I was giving counsel, and the firm had maybe – a 500k to a million dollar bond. Well, th- that kind of construction happens at our lake offices, and so I sent the firm to the lake office, and by chance, he got a contract, and he did well, and he continued to get more. To now, I think he is up to 10 to 15 million, maybe more, in bonding, and he's also mentoring other new 8A uh, participants. Wow. Okay, so we have several people that are listening in right now, and I'm going to go to a commercial so that they can discover how to join the conversation if they don't already know. And if you do, I'm inviting you to ask your questions. We are so excited to have you listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction blog talk radio show. Please call, text, or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash NABWIC or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us by liking our page and post your questions or comments. NABWIC's intent is to always go into the high schools and colleges to encourage our young black girls and women to enter into the construction industry and to take interest into the STEM programs that are offered. We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the Internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C. Thank you, and we're back. And welcome back to Network Talk. I am Ursula Odom, your host this morning, and we are speaking with Ms. Malia Krauss. So I would like to know, you mentioned that um, the president made the whole nation a set-aside. Help me understand what that really means. How does that play out? Um, it's it's not a set-aside. <clears throat> what it is 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 when he has declared that it's a, it's a local, what they mean by not small business set-aside necessarily, but a local set-aside, meaning it affects both uh, large and small to those firms that were directly impacted by 
the disaster. So typically in, in dealing with that, and again, this is my own opinion, in, in a local setting, we look for small business first. Can small business assist us with uh, completing that mission? Uh, if, if not, then we look for the local large. <clears throat> and then if we have to look outside of the local area, which sometimes happens, we look for local small first and then local large. As it relates to an, uh, the normal disaster response that we provide, we do have what they call advanced contract initiatives, and those are the contracts that sit pretty much dormant until we have a disaster. It's, you know, your power, debris, um, those, those get activated immediately. But as, as time moves on in the disaster, we then uh, start bringing in those small businesses. We had, I think, Hurricane Rita. We had a lot of small business firms doing the blue roof. And I believe right now, and some of the ACI contractors are also small businesses as well. So have you um, determined some goals and objectives that you hope to achieve during this whole time frame with the with COVID? In a disaster response, what we, we do is, is obviously the firms under the advanced initiative contracts, they have a subcontracting plan in place. As it relates to COVID, um, we right now, if it's not going to a small business, we do have a small business subcontracting plan. Right now, um, we are we are seeking best effort in their small business subcontracting plan just because if they're notified one day and at the end of the day, they have to start getting all those subcontract plans in place. And again, we it's unprecedented, so we, we do not have any history on this type of work as it relates to a disaster. So without history in this particular area, what are some of the biggest accomplishments that you've had as an assistant director that would position you to to move forward in the future? Well, I, I will say um, our Little Rock District and um, our Tulsa district were activated, as well as other districts around, you know, New York. Um, I think it was our L.A. and or Sacramento districts for California. So one of the things is they will have a subcontracting plan in all of this. And so they will be able to see what they were able to do in these certain areas. And then you move forward to where we can actually say, hey, now we have some history on this. This is, And, again, it's history across the nation. And we can see, okay, here's what they can do because they've shown us that they can do this. And then we can look at other things like um, past, just general past history on, on, on uh, other contracts in the area where, where we're going to have the, um, the work. And we can also look at that as well. Um, but, yeah, we got to start from somewhere and then build it from there. Now, speaking of starts, 
how did you hear about NABWIC? And uh, what ways do you um, you think that, that this organization can and will help? Um, basically, I, I heard about you from, like, Ann McNeil and then Judith and yourself and, you know, wanting me to, to come and, and give this presentation as well as May 13th. Um, I think it's beneficial. Any type of organization that provides these types of shows and anything basically try to do virtually, but it's just another another way of gaining more points of contact with down the various agencies. And so I give you a business card. Oh, we we have this uh, this show. You now you have me as a point of contact. So my my thing is that by that's the start. But then the firms can now have additional points of contact to get a hold of people in the government. And I know some some websites, things of that nature, are really difficult to find your small business folks. And so I think that would be beneficial um, just to get the additional assistance they need and or strategic positioning. And what about individuals? Um, how 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 does your organization help individuals um, coming to into the industry as such? Um, typically, the firms come in; they have a little construction under their belt. What I've seen more in that is SBA can kind of assist before that. It's kind of like it's SBA and and your procurement technical assistance centers, your your small business development centers, they kind of are, you know, the pregame and, and, you know, the small business specialist is you're ready for prime time to talk to them. Um, like I mentioned, I, I have encouraged, I gave that one example. Um, right now, I'm not going to say it's a struggle, but I do have one firm in the local area that I have just, he, he came across as, as very, very good, very capable. I'm like, I, I'll put my name on it. And I've just been trying to get him some work. Uh, he's a, a small-time uh, paver, paving company who just got his 8A, and we have a lot of paving-type stuff at our lake offices. And, and so I'm trying to work on that one, and I typically get a hold of our operations division saying, okay, guys, He's ready and available. He's done some work as a subcontractor for you, you know, and and so that that has been one of my goals is trying to figure out because right. I know we have that type of work that I know he can do. Okay, well, okay, so we now have two people that would like to ask you a question. So the first person I'm going to is Katina. Good morning, Katina. Ask your question. Good morning. Yes. Um, how are you doing this morning? Doing very Absolutely well. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you. So my question, you mentioned um, they have COVID-19 um, places that they, they've done contracts with now. What what does that contract look like? Like, 
what areas are that they send people out to do work for COVID-19? It's basically construction. It's retrofitting certain areas like convention centers, um, maybe retrofitting hotels. It's all determined based on our assessments. So right now I believe like New York is using the Javits Center. And so they're creating um, retrofitting or creating like little cubicle medical things and um, and making sure that, you know, it meets all those design requirements for, for medical. So mainly okay, the gotcha. okay. for retrofitting, yeah. Okay, I was trying to understand, like, what do they need for COVID-19? But that is very understandable. Um, yeah, okay, got it now. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know um, that question. Thank you. That's the only one I have. I'm glad you asked that question because that reminds me of when I saw the first briefing about how that was being rolled out. It was one of the moments where I felt absolutely um, positive about the direction that we were going in because they had that thing laid out. I mean, it was the, the person that was presenting knew exactly how to roll out the the, the, the individuals or the, the team to make these things happen. There was no ifs, ands, buts about it. They knew exactly what to do, and that was so reassuring. It really was. Um, we have a, a question from Jackie. Uh, yes, good morning, um, Malia, and thanks again for being on the show I really appreciate hearing uh, the the emphasis that you have on small business and the ways that you uh, take effort and care to, to work with them. Uh, my question concerns the role of the contracting officers within the Army Corps engineers. So can you talk a little bit about the role of contracting officers in facilitating uh, business uh, with other small businesses, and how would you recommend firms go about uh, creating or building a relationship with them, if you do? Um. I, the best relationship you could have is with the program managers, the ones that are on the ground, the ones that, that make sure that the work, you know, the work gets done, it gets done satisfactorily. And typically what we have is called a PDT, which is a project delivery team. And so that includes the PM, the KO, small business, and anybody else that's going to be part of that team. So I look at it this way. is The program manager, in my perspective, he needs that warm and fuzzy that the firm that we're selecting can do the job. Okay. The KO just makes sure that they're, they're eligible, that they can perform, but and then me, I'm just looking. Hey, are they small? What kind of small? You know. And so, while I think no problem getting a relationship with the KO, typically that happens after you get an award. But if you're looking for work, um, it's it's really the program manager. And with our districts, depending on how you set it up, um, I would give the example of if you want to do a capabilities presentation that you specifically ask that a program manager be in attendance along with a contract specialist and the small business professional. Because I, I think that's where it begins. If, if the PM has a warm and fuzzy, then it goes a lot better. 
much smoother. Oh, great. Thank you for clarifying that. Good information. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My question now is with all of the uh, things that the Army Corps of Engineers are doing in order to address this current situation, are there any things that you think will be a residual benefit from having done this within, in, in a non-combat um, type of war, but an environmental war or medical war? How, mm-hmm. What's going to happen after this that we would benefit from? Uh, I think, again, unprecedented. We don't know how far it will go because right now, for the state of Texas, we haven't been activated to do anything, okay? If it happens in the future, I know there will be a lot of lessons learned that if something like this should occur again in the future, that we will be more set set up for success if, if this should occur again. I mean, I think we did an outstanding job the first go around. And uh, I I just think that uh, we're going to do much better. We'll have more history, more background. Um, But right now I'm I'm not aware of any residual type work like we would have with a natural disaster. Okay. All right. Well, to our listening audience, we've heard a lot about or indicated that there is something that's coming up on May 13th. It's a luncheon that you're going to be speaking at. So I would like our chairperson, Jada Williams, to come on and explain in detail what that's all about. Jada? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Ursula. So, yes, on May 13th, Wednesday, every first Wednesday of the month, NAPWIC South Florida Chapter has a billion-dollar luncheon and opportunities. This is our first billion-dollar luncheon that is going to be free. I would like to quote our founder, the spirit of the leader is the spirit of the group. So we are very, very excited about this virtual luncheon on May 13th, Wednesday. It starts about 11.30 a.m., Um, You can register on Eventbrite, and we have a lot of amazing things in store for this virtual meeting. We will be, you will, of course, um, get to hear more detailed information from Malia Cross, Barbie. Um, There's a couple of other presenters or people that will be available in breakout sessions. We will also have our Woman in Spotlight and Construction Award. So that's always a biggie. Everyone looks forward to see who is going to be honored with that award. And um, you will get all of the important information on those opportunities that are out there, how to get in contact with these opportunities, and how to meet the requirements um, for these opportunities that you could potentially um, get information on, or be a part. And that is basically what our billion-dollar luncheon is about every month with NAPWIT. Thank you. So you heard it. You need to be there. All right, so I have a question now that that um, speaks to who you are and what you 
what motivates you, um, Ms. Krauss. What are what are your favorite books or your favorite author? And what are you current re- currently reading? Oh, my goodness. Um, one of my favorite authors is Frank E. Peretti. Um, I, I can read his books over and over again, and I, I just love them. But as far as what I'm reading now, I, I can only say um, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Um, I need to get back into reading, but I really... I really enjoy Frankie Pretty. And um, tell us more about him. What what kinds of things are are written for those um, that are not he, familiar with him? He writes. Um, there's a series, um, the present darkness, uh, piercing the darkness, and it's about spiritual warfare fiction and how. While people are struggling on earth, there's a spiritual war going on. And so he details the book about here's, what, here's what's going on in the spiritual warfare and how it is affecting those um, on the ground. And it, it's, just, it's just really good. And, and of course, uh, the good guy wins, you know. And uh, I just really enjoy it. Great. And we have enjoyed hearing from you this morning. But before we end, um, I invite others to ask additional questions if you like. But in the meantime, would you like to sum up what you would like us to, to carry away from this conversation? Or if there's something that I have not asked you that you would like to share, this is the opportunity. Well, thank you. I, I My big thing to small businesses are is make sure that you're prepared uh, with uh, your briefings, um, we I provide assistance in that area about what we would like to see. And, again, it's just my opinion. It's really up to you on how you want to uh, perform your business. But one of the things is, is to ensure that, that you have the, the tools in your toolbox. Like we, you have your dynamic small business search engine. Well, that's your free marketing tool to the government. We utilize that when we are performing market research. So you want to make sure that's current and up-to-date. The other thing is we have the federal procurement data system, which is now moving over to data.sam. That information provides all contract actions above the credit card purchase minus classified. And that the information there is endless. It, it tells you if you want to go after an IDIQ. It tells you when it expires so that you know two years before it expires, start looking for a source of thought or contact those agencies to find out if they're going to recompete. And then when do you anticipate that source of thought to come out so that you can uh, submit your interest? Um, the other things is, um, you know, looking to your P-tax. You know, right now, FBO, well, they don't call it FBO, contracting opportunities right now is, is not user-friendly whatsoever. And one thing that a procurement technical assistance center can provide, and they call it bid matching, is they can um, find all those, all those type positions hitting um, what I'll still call FedBizOps. Um, 
and that it comes to you and that you're not having to search. And so I, I just suggest you you um, take opportunity with all that uh, information. The majority of it is free to you. The other thing is how you how you know you do your conferences, how you attend outreach events. You know, you want to pick key events that you're going to get the you know the most bang for your buck. I'll give you an example right now. The Society of American Military Engineers, called SAMI, conducts a small business conference every year specific to construction, A&E, and environmental firms. Uh, USACE plays a major role. And in that, every division, their districts, and our centers are present. So you have all USACE there. And... So is I think that would be more bang for your buck. That you get to see everybody plus state plus NAFAC. And there are some other agencies there as well, along with the hopefully the local PTAC and SBA to where, you know, a start to finish kind of thing that you get all the information you possibly can. Speaking of information, how do people get in touch with you? My Phone number is 469-487-7105. My email address is Malia, that's M as in Mary, E as in Edward, L, E as in Edward, A as in Apple, dot Kraus, C-R-O-U, S as in Sam, he is an Edward at U S A C E dot Army dot Mill. And as a Mary I L. All right. Thank you very much. And um if there, I'm, a, I'm going to ask one last question to allow individuals that may want to um ask the question before we end. And this is a, a personal one. How did you arrive at this point in your life? I mean, what is your 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 background as an individual? What motivated you to take this course in action of action or uh, career? Well, I was raised as a contract specialist with NAFAC in San Diego, and I just wanted to broaden my career. What I really wanted to do was find the best fit for my knowledge of contracting as well as my degree, my degrees in sociology. So you're dealing with a lot of different types of people, cultures, ethnicity, and it's provided a very good balance in that area. And the bottom line is I, I, you know, every business starts off as a small business. And so we should be assisting those small businesses. They bring more to the table than those large businesses. Small businesses create the jobs that get the um, to bring in the dollars to get those employees done and to you know to help the economy. You know, bringing in that revenue everybody spends, the economy is good. Um, those are the kind of things I see, and I just want to make sure that. We do right by the procurement. Now, if they're capable, you're setting it aside. All right. Well, thank you very much. 
You've been listening to NABWIC Talk. I am your host, Ursula Odom, and we have been speaking with Malia Kraus, and what a wonderful conversation it has been. And joined by our chairperson, Jada Williams. Jada Williams. Again, I'm Ursula Odom, and I am Sula too. And we make old, new, and everything we do in that we capture, preserve, and present legacy information in any form possible. And that's why I like what I do here. I get to ask questions of people and bring that information to you. So thank you for being a part of this, and join us next week. Have a great week, and thank you, Ms. Krauss. Thank you. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.